morning, everyone. It's great to be here this morning. And uh, I don't have any words of encouragement today, just so you know. I have no little purple slips up here whatsoever. There's no guilt there. It's just that I don't have any. So we're going we're gonna to get her done quicker today, maybe. <laughs> so let's go ahead and grab our Bibles and turn to Jeremiah in chapter 17. We do have some announcements, though. Uh, this evening, once again, we'll be meeting at the Parks Place for a Sunday evening assembly. And then we are transitioning in February to the Compton Homestead. So this coming Wednesday, uh, we'll be meeting at uh, our place at 7 o'clock for a Wednesday evening assembly. We'll continue working through the book of Hebrews. I hope it's been an encouragement for those who have joined us uh, at the Parks Place and then for those who have joined us online. I'm getting a, really enjoying working through the book of Hebrews. It's such a powerful book. So with that, uh, everything else I think is a go, right? Tuesday or Thursday night ladies and Monday night uh, college age. And I think we're, we're good to go. Any other announcements? I don't have a, uh, something to tell me somebody was born in this week, however many years ago. Do we have anybody that was on the list? Okay, well, let's wait till we get Royce here, and then we'll be singing to both Madeline and Royce. How does that sound? All right, there we go. Let's read the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 17, beginning in verse 5, reading down through verse 8. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in the desert, and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its root by a stream, and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield its fruit. Let's pray. Lord God in heaven, each day we have a choice. Really in each moment, in each breath, in each thought, we have a choice. The choice is to entrust ourselves to you and live according to your word, speaking that which is true always, living that which is in accordance with the life that you live, or to choose our own way. So oftentimes we find ourselves falling back into the mindset of, of worry and concern and working harder with our own wisdom to try to solve the problems that we face in this life. Lord God in heaven, I pray that you would help us to realize that that's a fool's errand, that there's only death and heartache in that way, that we must learn to trust in you fully. Just as your son Jesus Christ entrusted himself to him who judges righteously, so we too need to entrust our souls to you, dear Heavenly Father. And I would ask that you would help us to continue to build that understanding so that we would become the people that perfectly represent your son Jesus Christ. For as we come to trust him because he is trustworthy, so we would learn of the men and women we're to be and can become if we so choose 
And then we too would be those shining lights of, of uh, truthfulness which can be trusted. We pray this in your son's ne Jesus name. Amen. Well, if you'll grab your notes and take a look really quickly, I want to introduce the lesson today in regards to thus says the Lord, not Bill Compton, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man or woman who chooses to put their trust in mankind. Now you remember, that's not every single human being. That would be terrible if you didn't trust anybody. I mean, how could we have close intimate relationships? We're actually talking about two kinds of people. That word mankind, if you may have already looked it up in the Hebrew, means someone who's a hypocrite, someone who's disingenuous, someone who puts on the show but's not the real deal. And so it's important for us to be mindful and discerning in regards to people. Now, when someone speaks, they speak from the heart and you can know a man or a woman based upon the things that they say. Their mouth reveals them. Now their deeds also reveal them as well. Jesus is the one that said that. That's not Bill Compton's philosophy. That's Jesus Christ's word. He says from out of the heart comes all of the ugly, gross words and deeds. But also too, I would remind you, brethren, out of the heart comes the virtue and righteousness, the words of life. And so it's important for us to recognize that we need to be discerning people. Trust in those who proved trustworthy in their words and in their actions. Because over a period of time, you learn of someone by what they say and what they do. But also too, the, the other part of that don't trust in mankind is the person that is of low character. Low character. We talked about Christ's ethic. When you look to Jesus, the author and perfect of your faith, if you follow in his footsteps, you're going to be a man or woman of great character, sacrificial character. You know, all you need to do is take a look at a person, and if they are not self-sacrificing for the needs of others, if you notice that they are self-serving in certain areas, be careful. Remember what Jesus said? He who is unfaithful in a little thing will be unfaithful in much. He who is righteous in a little thing will be righteous in much. And so it's important for us to be careful. Do not be that man. Do not be that woman. You be that solid rock person of integrity that can only come from following Jesus knowing that he is the perfect example. Now, it also says don't put your put your uh, faith or trust in the, the flesh, the strength of flesh. That's talking about yourself. I mean, if you think you know all things, I got news for you. You don't. I do know that, all right? And uh, if you think I know all things, you're wrong there too. I don't. It's important for us to recognize that only by the word of God can we grow? I appreciate so much Jeff Drillinger always calling us back, always calling us back to 2 Peter chapter 1. We're to add to our knowledge a wonderful list of character qualities by which we will be fruitful, not fruitless. And so it's important for us to recognize 
that this verse 5 really is the, the beginning of the example that we're about to read. Let's look at verse 6 once again. For he, the man who does not trust in the Lord, whose heart has turned away from the Lord, he'll be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. Now I have to be bone honest with you. When I first read this, I go, this is a stupid example. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just being honest. A bush in the wilderness, in the desert, stony wastes? What are you talking about? I had no clue. I'm just being honest. So this was kind of like, I like verse 5, it's pretty clear. Verse 6, what are you talking about? But you know, when I started to dig, I like verse 5 a little bit better than verse 6. Sorry to tell you. And I also have to apologize to the brethren here. I really do. Here's my apology. God always wants us to start with the bad news first and then get the good news. I got so excited about the good news and trusting in God, I, I waited until after I got done with verse 7 and 8, the good news, trusting in the Lord, and now we're working through the bad news. Sorry to say that, but, but you know, I just want you to realize that this should drive us to verse 7 and 8, the being one's who are those men and women of integrity because we trust the Lord in everything. So uh, please forgive me if you would, and uh, we'll move on now. Now, let's take a look at point number one, the bush in a desert. It doesn't bring any images really up in my mind hardly at all. I mean, we live in the Willamette Valley. This thing is not working for me, a bush in the desert. Now, if you go to Eastern Oregon, yeah, you might get a little bit of it, uh, but I do have a great illustration that illustrates what the Hebrew is talking about here. So the bush, from its, and this is what the Hebrew word means, from its nudity of a situation. In other words, a lack of character when pressure's on, when there's drought in your life, spiritual drought and dryness, it seems like God is not with you. You are exposed. For, and this is literally, go look it up in the Hebrew. From its nudity of a situation to make bare and brittle, easily broken with no root. I looked it up in a Greek dictionary. That was from the Strong's. I looked it up in the Greek dictionary. Naked, needy, outcast, helpless, void of aid. Wow, I'm sure glad that's not me. Well, be careful. Be careful. Because when you think you stand, you may very well fall. Turn with me back to the book of Revelation. And uh, we're going to take a look at the church at Laodicea. The church at Laodicea really reminds me a lot of the, the church today. And uh, I, I hope I don't get stoned by saying this. Because there are some people who might take this personally. Please don't take it personally. Just examine yourself. If this is something that fits you, then change it up. By the grace of God, we've been given a day to repent. Look at, look at beginning in verse 14. To the angel or the preacher of the church in Laodicea, the amen, talking about Jesus, 
the faithful and true witness, the beginning of creation, God says, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth because you say, I am rich and I have become wealthy and I have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Notice, blind and naked. Notice, you're saying, I have need of nothing. I got it all under control. My life, it's right on, exactly what I want it to be. And God says, well, chief, you're not, you're wretched. You're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourselves. That I believe verse 18 is talking about faith refined by fire, the garments of righteousness that are given to us through a growing faith. And that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Notice, that church had some major issues. Do you think people in the United States until just recently thought, hey, man, we're the richest nation in the world, man. We got it all covered, everything, no problem. I don't know about you, but that's how I felt. I'm just saying. And it seemed like everybody seemed to have that kind of, hey, everything's cool. All of a sudden, people are saying, hey, not everything's cool now. Don't depend on your riches. That was one of the things we talked about last week. You think you got it all dialed in, and guess what? The rug gets pulled out from under you if you are not trusting fully and totally in the Lord. And so this bush, are you this bush, this one who is easily broken, this bush that is brittle because you're not trusting in the Lord? If you're trusting in something else, you're going to be broken. That's just how this works. The devil wants every human soul in the lake of fire. And so if you're not fully trusting in the Lord, if you're trusting in your own smarts, your own bank account, your own strengths, you're going to be crushed. Brethren, it's so important we learn to trust in the Lord fully. Now I want to give you an example. And really this is going to fit into the rest of the lesson but I used to go to, out from Lake Tahoe, beautiful place, down into the desert in Nevada. And my family and I used to get in the pickup and we'd go down there and go ghost town hunting. And I remember there were tumbleweeds that would blow across the road consistently. But sometimes there would be a multitude of tumbleweeds that would get stuck together. And it's like this massive, gigantic tumbleweed. It's a bunch of tumbleweeds all rolling together. And it was, they're massive sometimes. Now, what's a tumbleweed? It is a plant that once was green and growing, but now has lost its root because of the wind. It's broken off. And because it is dry, it's got these claw-like limbs and they clump together. And so you have not one, but many moving aimlessly, blown here and there by every wind and doctrine and the trickery of men because they do not trust God. You're saying, how did you do that? Well, go to Ephesians. It actually talks about that. 
But you can go into eastern Oregon and see those tumbleweeds. They've lost their root. They've lost their life. And now they are wandering here and there by strong winds. That's who people are without the Lord and who do not trust in the Lord. You know, the sad fact of this passage of scripture, if you go back and look at Jeremiah, he's speaking about people who once did trust the Lord and have lost their trust, have lost their faith in the Lord because of the pressure. Thus says the Lord, curses the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. We have to guard ourselves, brethren, when difficult times come. It can actually crush us. It can actually cause us to wither and die. It can actually cause us then to wander away from the Lord and be blown about by every wind of doctrine and the trickery of men. Remember what Jesus said? You know, when the destruction of Jerusalem takes place, be careful. There'll be people coming and saying, we are the Christ. Do not follow them. Many false teachers will arise. Do not follow them. The crush in that time is very similar, I believe, to what is to come at the end of humanity. Will we become these tumbleweeds, as it were, these, these naked with no leaves, outcast, helpless, void, brittle people that are going to be easily broken and led astray? You know, the desert is rather interesting there. The desert... The desert says a place that is sterile and fruitless. The desert is a place that's sterile and fruitless. The word sterile means not producing or able to produce. What does the scripture teach? It says that we're to be fruitful. Amen? Not just, not just fruitful by winning people to Christ, but fruitful in our spiritual uh, fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. That needs to be overflowing in us. The fountain of life it speaks of in both Old and New Testament. Is that happening in you? Are you growing in those character qualities, those, those fruits of the Spirit? Brethren, it's so important for us to recognize that someone that has no fruit is a part of the desert. Someone who manifests words that are not true, deceitful words, vulgar words, or deeds that are selfish. That's a man who's living or a woman who's living in the desert. Some people say, well, you know what? God doesn't know. I'm pretty good at what I do. Just putting on the show. It's been who I am for a long time, and I've been able to get away with it. That might be true for some, but the reality is, is that God's going to catch them on the last day if he doesn't catch them now. How many remember in the book of James? Some people's sins go before them and some sins follow. So some people are going to get nailed on this side of judgment and others are going to get nailed at the judgment. Everybody who's not genuine, everybody who's not entrusting themselves to the Lord are going to get caught. I would encourage you to examine yourself right now and not say, well, I'm doing pretty good. Until you arrive there at who Jesus is, you got work to do, amen? That must mean that all of us have work to do. And I'm not being judgmental when I make that statement. 
That's just how that is. Now let's look at the second part of this verse. Uh, it says, he'll be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes. And will not see? That kind of sounds like a choice to me. I refuse to see because I know all things already. Well, that's a scary thing when you're blind. This will not see, shall not see, and the King James has to do a spiritual blindness. And you know, the guy who thinks he knows all things or is unteachable and is not willing to take a reproof from someone is someone who's spiritually blind. They refuse to see the truth of God's word. When they read it, if they read it, they refuse to see the truth of it and allow it to pierce their hearts because they become hardened in their heart because of the practice of sin, as God says. Unable to see the truth of God's word because they're so steeped in human philosophy. The traditions of men. You know what's really sad is when someone can speak the truth but it's not manifest in their life. When someone says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, all things passed away, new things have come. And then that person continues to criticize and, 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 and belittle and, and be caustic in their behavior instead of what? Gentle, patient, and kind. You see, I don't care you can spout the word. I want to see it lived out. Your words and your actions should be the same. That's what a man or woman of integrity is. So the power here that we're looking at, spiritually blind, unable to see the blessing of following the Lord in trust and obedience. Let me give you an example. Turn with me, and you've seen this example before, but I want you to think about it again. And I'm working with someone, uh, a young man, really a great young man, one-on-one uh, -on -one Bible study with him. He's asked for help. So uh, take a look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. Proverbs 24 and 25. Chapter 23, or excuse me, chapter, Proverbs chapter 11, verse uh, 24 and 25. Many have heard me say this before, but I, I want to give you uh, this example of how you could easily just say, yeah, whatever. There is one who scatters and yet increases all the more. There's one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results only in want. The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. Now, you know, I always quote that last phrase, but look at this one. The generous man will be prosperous. What's a generous person look like? And I'm not preaching money, by the way, right now. If you want to have it be money in your mind, that's fine. I'm preaching of something else. The generous man will be prosperous. Can I change that up a little bit? The selfless man will see the needs of others and step up to help them. If they have resources, if they have a talent, if they have ability, if they have a, a desire, a heart, they're going to step up and help. But the guy that's all about themselves or the gal that's all about themselves, they reveal that they're a part of the desert. But the person 
who will embrace the word of God is no longer spiritually blind, but are able to see. How many would agree that if Jesus were to say this same thing, that you'd go, well, if Jesus said it, it probably is true. Well, let's turn to the book of Luke in chapter 6. The book of Luke in chapter 6. I, I love this passage of scripture. It just, it blows me away. And uh, I used to be a super, super selfish man. Man, I had a lot of stuff. <laughs> it was great. Okay? It all got rusty. Some of it's up in the attic. None of it works anymore. Wow, that's cool. Okay, so, so take a look at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, and I want you to read verse 38 with me. This is Jesus. He says, give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. That's Jesus. He made a promise, didn't he? Is that a promise? Yes or no? Hey, look, if you will be that selfless person and when you see needs and you have the ability to help, you step up and you help. But if you don't have the ability, obviously you can't help, but you may know someone who can. You see how important it is that the selfless man or woman will speak it and live it. The selfish man or woman will speak it and live it. So what are you? Are you the desert or that, that beautiful green tree? Are you that bush or that beautiful green tree? Going back now to Jeremiah in chapter 17, the spiritual blindness is going to keep you from seeing the blessings. One blessing is the abundant provision by God. Here's another one. Proverbs 13.20. Would you turn there with me? Proverbs 13.20. You know, I love Proverbs because it gives you the, the, the good and the bad kind of together in one little verse. Proverbs 13, 20. Some of you know this very, very well. What does Proverbs 13, 20 say? You got it, Braxton? Do you, ha you have it? Are you looking at it right now? So let me see if I can quote it. Watch, look at your verse. Does it go something like this? He who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Does it say something like that? It does? So your Bible says the same thing as mine? Kind of different. Maybe your Bible is a kind of different translation. But it's saying pretty much the same thing? Okay, good. Whew, I was worried. Okay. I knew you were in the right verse. He who walks with the wise grows wise. The companion of fools suffers harm. I'll tell you what, when I was younger, I thought the fools were so fun to hang out with, which made me a lot. One of them. Man, I suffered, suffered. The companion of fools will suffer harm. Man, when I, came, when I started reading the Bible and specifically reading Proverbs, you know what verse really stuck at? Like a hammer. Wham! Oh my goodness, because I was coming right out of being an absolute crazy hedonistic fool. That passage right there just hammered me. It's like, oh, my first year, transition year of being a Christian, man, I got reminded how, how oftentimes you hang out with fools and you become one and then you suffer horribly. You know what? That's the truth. I'm hanging out with people 
that have wisdom and experience and are men and women of integrity and care enough about me to share their experience and wisdom to help me. Man, the guy that's got a criticism or is going to tell me what to do and he has no clue who I am and I have no clue who he is, well, I'm not going to listen. But like we talked about this morning, I'll listen to Eric in a heartbeat. I'll listen to Janelle in a heartbeat. I'll listen to Tamara. I love listening to Tamara. What a great lady. In fact, sometimes when I do those little words of encouragement, Tamara says to me, did you see this one? She gives me another verse. And she, right, Tamara? Yes. It's like, yeah, this is great. We're encouraging one another. I didn't see that one before. Thanks, Tamara. So there's power in walking with the wise. But you know what? If you're blind to spiritual things, when you, there's someone there that can really help you, you're going to walk away. Nope, I'm sorry. And is it possible you get to heaven and you remember all those folks that were reaching out to you and you went, no, I'm sorry. What a horrible thing. I, I would pray that we would not be spiritually blind, not trusting in the Lord or his word. Now look at the, this third part here. This third part, you got to turn the page, Bill. Okay, thank you. All right. The cursed will live in parched, barren lands. Now, the word live means that's where you dwell. You dwell there. I don't know about you, but I don't want to dwell in this land. So it means to dwell in, to live in. It says lodging. The first word in the Hebrew for live in means lodging. It's where you dwell, a place you live in. And then the stony washes. I thought that was, what's that? what in the world's a stony wash? Right, Ellie? Stony wash, what is that? Do you know what that is? I didn't either. I was thinking, I couldn't even get a picture in my head. How many got a picture in your head? Stony wash. Oh yeah, man, I think about it all the time. I don't know what that is. So I looked it up. <laughs> it's extremely arid and dry. There's no water and no life. A place where there's no water and no life. Kind of sounds like what? Death. Thank you very much. I'm glad you said that. How many have ever come across, and I don't mean to be graphic and gross, but how many have ever come across a little animal that is dead and is dried out? It's like, wow. They still smell, though, for some reason. How's that possible? You know, they're like solid rock. You can pick them up when they're stiff. You know, it's like... When I was a kid, I used to do that all the time. I know, that's what little weird boys do. But but death, there is no life. You're not responsive. You just go banging from one experience to another. And you're saying, well, I'm having a lot of fun. Well, the reality is, is that sooner or later, that fun is going to end up in disaster. So stony washes is a person who trusts in themselves or trusts in mankind, as you well know, people who are hypocrites, people who are of low character, but have no trust in God. Their earthly existence will be devoid of real purpose, real meaning, joy, and peace. Man, you can go from one good time to another, one good time to another, one good time to another, but let me ask you a question. What have you actually accomplished? What have you actually accomplished? Nothing. 
You've squandered your time, energy, and resources for nothing. I looked at this wilderness, stony washes in the wilderness. Now, I get a good picture in the wilderness, but it's not the picture that was intended for this. The word wilderness means a sterile, sandy land. The wilderness of, literally speaking of the wilderness of Judea by the Dead Sea. Near where Sodom and Gomorrah now exists. By the way, when this was written, Sodom and Gomorrah had already happened. Now, what are you talking about Sodom and Gomorrah? How many have ever seen uh, uh, satellite pictures of the Dead Sea and where the proposed Sodom and Gomorrah is at the southern part of the Dead Sea? There's these two big white places. I mean, they're just scorched white. And I've seen actual pictures of those white places. I showed it to our Bible, or Bible college, our a college age group, high school group one time. And there's actual structures there that are melted. And there are big, big uh, stones that when you break them open, they're pure sulfur. I got it. I got a PowerPoint. I could show you the pictures. You can go online and look at it. Those things are burnt holes. Huh. A sterile, sandy place, the wilderness of Judea by the Red Sea. I think it's talking about someone whose life is absolutely wasted. By the way, not to bring up your past, because I'm not, I'm bringing up my past. There's words called wasted, ham, hammered, smashed. Can you think of any others? Aren't those all positive, constructive words? Man, I got smashed last night. I got hammered last night. Man, I got toasted last night. Toasted? Solomon Gomorrah got toasted. <laughs> Come on. What are you talking about? See, that's a person that's in the wrong place in their life. It's important for us to recognize and understand that we need to, to examine ourselves. A life barren, laid waste, to deprive pretty much of anything of value. I want to close with this last little section, a land of salt without inhabitants. This is where I was before I was a Christian. As I was studying this, I this, this one last phrase, I, I, it was painful. The land of salt it's a barren land. The Hebrew here, a barren land. From the root word, to rub to pieces and pulverize into dust. A land that is pulverized into dust. How many have heard the scripture where the, the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, is a stone that you can choose either to fall on and be broken or it falls on you and you are crushed. How many have heard that, that scripture before? I have to share with you that there are many who are just playing games. I think even in the church, I'm not saying this church necessarily, I'm just saying in the church, you go to church and you can just put on the show, but you know someday the cornerstone, you're going to have to give an account. Now, if you've fallen on the cornerstone right now and you've allowed self to be broken, 
So now Jesus can put you back together again. You'll be a great servant. But if the cornerstone falls on you on the last day, you'll be crushed, pulverized into dust. You'll spend eternity away from the Lord in the lake of fire. My, that was my life. The Bible says a murderer is a fugitive unto death. Every moment of my life, after uh, I was 21, I was a fugitive unto death. And so I partied hard because the screaming in my ear when I was by myself was unbearable. So I drank hard. I partied hard. I went from one experience after another to shut the voice up. And it never shut up. I had no real friends. As the scripture says, without inhabitant, this land is unsettled. It's wandering without close and intimate companionship. I was just putting on the show, doing my time, getting what I could get from people. I was this land of salt without inhabitants. And then I became a Christian. And instantaneously, the burden was lifted. When I came up out of that water grave, the burden was gone. The memory not so much, but the burden. And now the power to serve. And God has raised up this land of salt without habitation, this bush that was dead, and he's raised me up and he's using me. Now on a close with Psalms 107 that you might be encouraged. The Lord is able to pull you out, to build you up, to make you a strong man, a strong woman. Take a look, Psalms 107. Please turn there if you would. And you'll hear the message we've spoken this morning, but it's also a message of hope. What you have done to yourself, what I have done to myself, God is able to change that you might be empowered to walk in the newness of life. Listen to this, Psalms 107, beginning in verse 33. He changes rivers into wilderness and springs of water into thirsty ground. But look at the next verse, a fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who dwell in it. Notice, it's not the Lord who does that. It's you that do it to yourself. But the next verse, he changes a wilderness, same word as what we read in uh, Jeremiah, he changes a wilderness into a pool of water and a dry land into springs of water. And there he makes the hungry to dwell so that they may establish an inhabited city and sow fields and plant vineyards and, and gather a fruitful harvest. And he blesses them that, that they multiply greatly and he does not let their cattle to cease. 
I went from a man being worthless with no value to God, no value to me or to anybody else, to a man now that's able to have compassion and gentleness and love. And that's who you are as well if you're in Christ. The privilege of immersing three people into Christ just this last week. That old Bill would have never taken the time, had the concern, the love, or the patience. He would have just thought about what he could take from those people. That guy's dead. That life's gone. And now the blessings are coming. It's a blessing for anyone who will selflessly give themselves in service to the Lord, entrusting themselves fully to his word and obey it. It's amazing what God is able to do. My prayer is that we'll examine ourselves. Where in my life do I need to change? Where in my life do I need to entrust it to God instead of trying to do it my own way? As you do that, your life will blossom. I love Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 8. It's amazing. That's why of all the scriptures on trust that I came across, that seemed to be one of the great gold standards, the cornerstone for the lessons this year. And there are so many lessons to come. The preachers that I've asked to preach have their, their passages and I've asked them to give me their, their sermon titles so I can lay them out for family camp. I'm telling you what, it's going to be a great camp. And so uh, I pray that you would continue to pray for that camp. But also, too, I pray that you would help uh, each one of us to be an encouragement to grow in trust of God first so we can trust each other. Let's pray. We're thankful, Lord, for the blessing that you can turn those wilderness stony washes, those parched, barren lives into something amazingly beautiful and powerful. Someone who is selfless, not selfish. Someone who loves instead of hates. Someone who encourages rather than cuts down and criticizes. You know, Father, I just thank you and praise you for the blessing that you can bring to anyone and everyone who would humble themselves and entrust themselves fully to you. Help us to understand that, Lord God, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. All right, may stand, we'll get all excited. And I have one uh, announcement after we turn off the, the video. It'll be great. So here we go. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. Woohoo! All right. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.